So uh, it's good to come out uh, in the evening and we're going to meet together around the Lord's table. And we do that because uh, Jesus asked us to. He set this up. He instituted it and said, do this in remembrance of me. He wants to remind us um, of his great sacrifice. Um, And in the passage I'm going to read, he challenges us. And when I look at what he's done on the cross, it's a challenge, isn't it? When he says to us, pick up your cross. Um, We can't achieve... Uh, what he achieved on the cross, only he could do that. But he says to us to pick up our cross, to follow him uh, can be costly. In some parts of the world it costs people their lives or imprisonment. Uh, for us it might be some ridicule or uh, some prejudice. But really, um, whatever cross we have to bear, when we have that throwaway line, oh, that's the cross I have to bear, it's, it's nothing really compared to the cross that Jesus born himself. So I'm just going to read from Mark 8, uh, just two verses, 34 and 35. Um, then he called to the crowd to him along with his disciples. And, and straight away, he's got his followers already. There's his disciples that are following him. Disciple means one who learns, and, and they're with him. But he, he calls the crowd to him. He calls the crowd to him along with his disciples. So his words now speak to the world, and not just his followers. And, and that's the church's job. We, we've got that mission, so we need to be speaking to the world. So he called the crowd to him among, along with his disciples and said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. And I guess, along with other leaders that I've met with recently, uh, I've met with some of the uh, Essex Baptist ministers recently, and we, I quite like the fact that we're known as the Essex Boys um, uh, in the uh, EBA. Um, I'm sure they mean that as a compliment, but I'm not, not overly sure. But nevertheless, there's some good Baptist churches in Essex. And um, we met, and uh, all of us have a, uh, collectively a strong conviction that Christ is calling to himself those who are willing to really dedicate their whole lives to him, that road of discipleship, to commit themselves to him, to other Christians, out of love for him, and to present ourselves to him as a living sacrifice for all that he wants to do in this world today. And let's face it, when you look around the world, and okay, this week is going to be an interesting week. Uh, I think people will be writing their PhDs on this in years to come. Um, uh, with the chaos that's around us, it's good to know that God actually ultimately is in control. And actually, we've got a mission uh, that we need to be getting on with in the midst of all these things. Uh, people are confused and they're hurt and they're broken. And we have a chance as Christians as we pick up our cross because it does take sacrifice to bring shalom, that, that wholeness, wholeheartedness and wholeness uh, in God to people. And so this evening, the challenge for me and, and I think for you as well, is this kind of a chance when we come around the communion table where Jesus has asked us to remember his great sacrifice, to recommit ourselves and remember that when, what, what does Christ mean when he says, pick up your cross daily? You know, we knew what the cross meant for him, his sacrifice for us. And it was Dietrich Bonhoeffer that said, when Christ calls a person, he bids them to come and die. And the Bible's full of those verses where we die to our old self and we become a new person in Christ. And for us, probably in this land, certainly not at the moment, it's not necessarily martyrdom, but every Christian is called to an authentic, dedicated, radical, uncompromising discipleship, and sometimes at personal cost. And that is the way of the cross. That is picking up your cross daily, uh, to put Christ first, uh, whatever the cost. Sometimes it will cost. It's a, it's a huge blessing. 
as well. I mean, we're, we're grafted into a family. You're my brothers and sisters. And we have God as our Father, Jesus our Lord and Saviour and Brother, and the Holy Spirit who lives within us. So this whole Trinity is involved uh, in, in us becoming Christians. And it's, it's a real privilege. And so when we pick up our cross daily, we have to remember that the sacrifice was made for us. He's saying to seek him, to find him, and to follow him is the key to life. That as you lose one life, you gain another. What's the point in having everything in this life but actually losing life for eternity? Following him is the key to life. Without him, life and its pressures and all the discord that surround us can seem overwhelming. I'd be overwhelmed by it. I consider myself a relatively strong person. But I'm glad that God's in control because sometimes I struggle to make sense of what's going on around us. And if I didn't have God in my life, I would lack any kind of direction. And, we, and, and actually, it's biblical to lack direction without God in your life because the Bible says, without God, we're all like sheep that have gone astray. And if you're astray, you're lost. And what did Jesus come to do? His mission was to seek and save the lost. And what is his church's mission? Well, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. So we need to pick up our cross uh, daily. Um, I know in my own journey with God, and I don't know about you, probably the same, that if I hold back a bit, you know, sometimes you're feeling the pressure and, and, and you know, the Spirit's living within you and the Bible talks about the battle that rages between our sinful nature and the Spirit of God that lives within us. We'll all be aware of that. And Paul says, talks about it in Romans 7, doesn't he? Why do I do the things that I know I'm not supposed to do? Why am I not doing the things that I know I'm supposed to be doing? We all know generally right from wrong. We always know generally when the Spirit of God is, is offended. And yet sometimes we can go our own way and sometimes we're in cooperation. But I know when I hold back, when I'm kind of just a foot's off the gas and I can't quite say that I'm, I'm, I'm not lacking in zeal or spiritual fervour. I might be serving the Lord, but maybe the passion isn't there. Maybe I'm a bit tired or ill or whatever it is and the foot's off the gas. I know in those times it leads to frustration. I feel a bit disconnected um, because I know I'm not wholehearted and, it, and I have to pray that God would fill me with his spirit, so I can be. Because the other times, you know, I might be talking to the other pastors in, in, in the office or other Christians or other ministers in the town and you get all fired up and you, and you feel you can take on the world. When you're sold out for him, there's that increased faith and confidence. You feel you can take on the world because Jesus, as we said at the beginning, as we are gathered, Jesus is here and he lives within me and he lives within you if you're a Christian. And actually, you can do, as we always say, measurably more than you can ask for or imagine. So, picking up our cross daily, we've got to recognise that we've been called by Jesus. We've been called, he knows us by name, and he's called us. And, and although we've accepted, he was searching for us. He came to seek and save the lost. And in Matthew 4.19, Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee, sees two fishermen, Simon Peter and his brother Andrew. And he says, he says come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, straight away, you see there, um, come follow me. And we're pretty good at that in church. But then he gives them a job to do. He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. He doesn't go down the hole, let's find out what their spiritual gifts are and uh, let's, you know, let's take a few surveys and what their character's like. Or We don't want to jump on them, they've only just joined the church. He, I mean, he, hasn't, he, he doesn't actually say that they've followed him yet. He says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He gives them the mission straight away. And of course, they responded in verse 20 of that passage. It says, at once, they left their nets and followed him. There's a change of life. Verse 22, they left the boat and their father. Things that they, they could have hung on to. They were picking, beginning to pick up their cross. 
It was sacrificial. They left what they knew and they followed him. The noun for disciple uh, is used in the New Testament 264 times. And in secular Greek, the word means an apprentice or a student of a subject. Uh, in Matthew 10, uh, that was preached at my ordination, and uh, it was preached by the principal of Spurgeon's College. And I, I wasn't sure where he was going to go with this, because he started with the lines, no student is above his master. And I thought, I'm going to be reprimanded. I didn't, I didn't know I did that much wrong at Spurgeon's. But of course, it's talking about the disciple and Jesus. He's our teacher. He's our master. And if you're in the, in the trade, on the tools, or whatever you want to call it, you're a plumber or electrician or sparky or chippy, um, you, you have to serve an apprenticeship. My son's an apprentice plumber at the moment. We're hoping he graduates this year and might even fix our taps for us. You never know, do you? Um, but an apprentice learns from the one who's teaching. He watches, he listens. And so therefore, as we pick up our cross daily, we need to, you know, the, the, the youngsters at the, at the um, various festivals we used to go to would have the bracelet, wouldn't they? WWJD, what would Jesus do? And I never wore one. But it is something I say to myself in any given situation. And when I say to myself, what would Jesus do? Would he forgive? Would he love, even when people don't deserve it? Would he serve when I'm tired? You know, and the answer is yes, yes, and yes. And, and is that picking up the cross? It's not the cross that he picked up, but it is my little part of being sacrificial. Sometimes it just costs. Or pursuing a life of discipleship, even when circumstances are against you even honoring the word of God when it would be easier just to maybe let it slide a bit and you know I don't want to face this what's going on in my life and I need to come back to God's word and be grounded even if it costs even if it costs and he wants people to respond to him today and he calls you and he's called you by name and we need to respond I need to respond daily and communion is a great time to recommit to that life. Sometimes it does mean leaving things behind. It does mean rethinking some ambitions or attitudes or values as we seek to follow Christ. But really, that's a small cross to bear because he's done everything for us. And we're called to follow, aren't we? Mark 8, 34, in the passage I read, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. I remember... um, when I, I made a commitment to become a Christian, I held off a bit, especially my baptism, because uh, I knew it was going to change everything. I knew, uh, f- for me, my personality, it was all or nothing. It was no half measures. And, and I, so I just held off. And then when I was baptised, I, I soon felt called to ministry, and it did change everything. Um, the Bible talks about counting the cost, uh, but true life is only found in him. And the disciples of a Jewish rabbi at at that time, they would submit themselves to their master until a time when they would leave their school in and become masters or rabbis themselves. But Jesus uh, calls his disciples to a wholehearted obedience for life. And effectively, we don't really graduate this side of heaven. We're continually learning and trained by him. When I was broken, um, you know, the city's trying to redeem itself a bit, and uh, they're not they're, even they're not beyond redemption. Um, but you'd get these little tests come up on the computer screen: uh, health and safety, and anti-money laundering. And we'd have to do one once a month. And the only reason we did it is so the firm could say to the FCA, "We're training our people in these things." Um, but it was a constant reminder, and you went over and over it. And then I could tell you every law and AML anti-money laundering. And, and actually, we do this. We do this. Jesus, it reminds us 
Uh, we should not forget the sacrifice. We should not forget the cross that he picked up for us. And we must keep in step with the Spirit of God who challenges us internally. It's a reminder against the attitudes of, I won't do it your way, or I can't do it, or an attitude um, that I'm just not bothered, and swap that as we look at what Jesus achieved on the cross and what it cost him of, I will follow, and I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me, and I will uh, uh, seek to serve and follow you. I am valued, and I will be committed as I keep in step with the Spirit. And we're called to serve. We're called by Jesus called to Jesus and were commissioned by him as well. And what are we commissioned to do? Just to serve him in the world that we're in, whatever environment we're in. And it's a bit costly sometimes. Might be offering to pray for someone down the high street. Might be to uh, visit the sick or pray for healing, to clothe people, to feed them, to drive out the demons, to preach, to heal and deliver. This is the ministry of Christ and we're all called to it. When Jesus called Simon and Andrew to follow him, he said he would make them fishers of men. Later on, the 70 were sent in the same way. The great, great commission, they were called by him, to him, and sent uh, by him as well, but not alone, with the presence and power of the Spirit. So to finish, Christ calls you. He calls you to pick up your cross daily. He calls you to follow him, calls you to serve. He is alive and he's personal. And as we're gathered, Jesus is here. When Buddha was dying, his followers asked how they could best remember him. He told them not to bother. He said that it was his teaching, not his person, that counted. And it's different with Jesus. Everything centers around him. And unashamedly, he pointed to himself. He said to know God, to know him was to know God. If you've seen him, you've seen God. And discipleship is knowing him, loving him, believing in him, and committed to him in his mission. He's revealed in the Bible, but he's alive And you can encounter him through his word, his presence, and his spirit. And we encounter him when we take communion. It's a sacrament in the Baptist church, somewhere where God promises to meet with us. Not the only place, but we can be assured uh, that he's with us in this. And so, you and I, our little apprentices, as we go about serving Christ and being his disciples, you're, you're, you're people who go as sent. That's what apostle means, actually. It just means one who is sent. You're sent into the world, and Christ has called you. And the the only question that's left for us this evening is what's your answer? And will you pick up your cross daily? Because there's a world out there that's confused, again, especially this week. A lot of questions, a lot of distractions going down the wrong way. And as we come to the communion table, we're reminded of Christ's mission for us to seek and save the lost. And then the mission that he gives to his church, which is to go and seek and save the lost as well. Let's recommit as we... Uh, break the bread. Gary's going to serve communion to us after this next song. Um, and we're going to serve one another. As we break the bread and drink the wine, remembering the, the body and the blood, that that was Christ picking up, up his cross for you. I've got a son. I don't think there's anything in the world that I would give him up for. Um, it, would, it would just be too painful for me. Um, yet God gave up his son for you. And, and he picked up his cross for you. He wrestled in Gethsemane for you. And he chose to go to the cross. Steve Chalk uh, says about the, the, doctor, uh, the theology of atonement, that it, it, it's, it, if, we, if we believe in substitutionary atonement and believe that it's God's wrath, then it's, it's a classic case of cosmic child abuse. But child abuse only happens when, um, when the child doesn't have a choice. Um, and actually Jesus, it's not child abuse, Jesus chose the cross. He chose it because he loved you so much. 
and it cost God everything. I can't imagine um, asking my son to do that or, or even witnessing it. It cost God everything, cost him his son, and Jesus, in his anguish, chose to go to the cross for you. No wonder he said, do this in remembrance of me. So as we gather around the table, um, we're going to worship first, right, John? And then Gary will serve us with the bread and the wine. Let's take this seriously. The Bible's clear. We should take this in a serious manner. Um, and actually not to. They're, they're, there's warnings. We, so get your hearts right. Uh, Recognise that Jesus has paid for your sin. Psalm 51, you know, make us wider than the hyssop and wider than snow. He's cleansed, cleansed us from our sin, but we do need to get our hearts right. Uh, before him. So John, I'll ask you to come up and worship, uh, lead us in worship and Gary will be ready to serve communion.